Eight years ago, three nerds created a little independent wrestling podcast that could, but over time, that podcast has grown into not just covering wrestling, but all things under the nerd rainbow. From Marvel to the Muppets, from Frank Sinatra to Count Chocula, from Mickey Mouse to CM Punk. Now, here is some combination of Chad, Zach, and Luna as we welcome you to the IndyCast. All nerd, all the time, exclusively on the WNR. Greetings, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the IndyCast. I'm Zach Romero. Chad is not co-hosting tonight. He is currently knee-deep in Hell Week, preparing to be the Ghost of Christmas present for the Carolwood production of A Christmas Carol. So, sitting in for one Chadley Allen is number one man about town, one-fourth of first class, multiple tag team champion, Current cruiserweight champion here in the state of Florida, and up-and-coming guitar player in Rock Band 3, put your ears open, it's Daniel Starling. Hi everybody, guitar player, by the way, is peak accolade. That's like, <laughs> like that go, that's right above the King of Brooksville. That's true. It would be the guitar player in Rock Band 3. I will say that for the first time, literally in my life, I'm actually looking at Rock Band songs to download that... Put their whole ass into keyboards now. It's as opposed to just being sort of like, oh, yeah, I guess there's keys in this song. Yeah, like a, I'm actively looking, like, oh, this is a good keyboard song. Well, nobody ever plays the keyboard. No <laughs> one. I, literally, the the controller that he plays on is the one I had in college, and it's in pristine condition because nobody ever touched it. I'm pretty sure I grabbed it and had to blow the dust off. I would not be surprised before I had to play. I would Elton not John. be surprised. Uh, but yeah, so Rock Band 3 has been uh, taking over most of our lives here. Still no With My Baby Tonight. Not yet. Uh, and there's still a couple others here. Although I did download a shitload of They Might Be Giants. So we're getting into weird stuff that All way. Right. So before we get down and dirty with a lot of talk about comic books and video games and other orifice drawing discussions, uh, why don't we get this shit in early? Where can people find you this weekend... Uh, in the Squared Circle. Specifically this Sunday at 4 p.m. at Cage Brewing in St. Pete. Hope for the holidays. It's 100% of the proceeds are going to the Christmas Toy Shop Project. It's going to be a great cause. Jay Lethal's going to be there. Khan from The Ascension. It's going to be a great show for a great cause. 4 p.m. at Cage Brewing. I would highly recommend it. And I will be there. Um, But I wanted to actually talk about uh, Thanksgiving was recent. That was what a sentence. Thanksgiving was recent. It happened. Uh, it occurred, and I spoke with uh, my younger brother, and we were discussing uh, video games that like made up our childhood. Okay. Uh, not the ones that stand out, like not the ones that are mainstream. I mean, as in you know, we grew up with uh, hand-me-down uh, NESs and, and Sega Genesis, and we had the PS One. So I'm not talking about like. Final Fantasy Seven or, you know, Dr. Mario. The real obscure stuff, because when we were kids, the internet was still in its infancy. So, you didn't have access to information like you do now. Yeah. Like, if a game is going to suck, you can typically find out about that early. And then you can avoid it or whatever. Yeah. Back then, it was just like, I don't know, my parents bought me this game, so I play this game now. And so we were talking about games like that, like games from our childhood that are somewhat forgotten. He brought up Animaniacs Ten Pin Alley, which is a shit bowling game uh, that we owned. Um, but one of the ones that I remember for NES for me was, which this is probably awful. This is not a great <laughs> uh, thing to jump into. Like, perfect example. There was one game called Rockin' Ball, which was like a pinball game, but like, it had, like, rockabilly layouts and stuff like that with sprites and things like that. I already love it. Um, so that influenced me because I love pinball now. Yeah. But the other game I distinctly remember playing on NES was Casino Kid, which was just a casino game. Like, you were in a casino, and you could go and play a bunch of different games. They had, like, blackjack, and they had craps, and they had slot machines, and all the, And that was it. It was just that. You, had, you played with money, you lost the money, you got kicked out. I would play the shit out. But I, there, I guarantee you I had zero clue how to play any of these fucking games. I'd just be like, oh, it looks like a cool number. Lose. Like, I don't know how blackjack works. I don't know how roulette works. 
like just a moron because I'm like eight years old. I'm just hitting buttons at this point. I don't know what I'm doing. But definitely remember playing that, and I'm sure that has influenced me in some way to this very day. <laughs> I probably have a gambling addiction that I don't know about. So it's not actually gambling; it's mystery boxes. That's that's. What... I mean, you're not wrong. That's that is true. You saw the collection of uh, blind bag gang beast uh, uh, miniatures, which. By the way, side note, have you ever played Gang Beast before? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Oh, yeah. No, me and my brother were on a kick for it for a long time. When uh, when James and I were at uh, CEO in Daytona to watch the big fighting game tournament, uh, there was, like, an unofficial Gang Beast, like, play area that had sprouted up, and so we were playing that for a while, and I was like, I could have just spent the whole weekend there doing commentary for it, <laughs> playing, being a piece of shit. Like, I could have done the whole thing. It's time. a blast. Yeah. I actually reached out to them once about doing merch. Really? And they were like, yeah, we're not really planning on it, so just do what you want. And then eventually they did. They had like little miniatures and stuff. So, But anyway, so what's the what are, what's an example of like, A, what video games did you grow up with? Like what yeah. systems and stuff? And then B, what's like the off the beaten path stuff that you remember? So I was a big PlayStation 2, Xbox 360 kid. Mm-hmm. I made the switch to Xbox right after the PS2, and I've stuck with it since. Interesting. Send your hate mail wherever. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm assuming it had to be Halo, right? That was pretty much the big, like, jump over? No. It was just, my dad got us the 360. Ah. Just because it was the new one. Right. And he's like, the kids will like it. And I did, very much so. Right. Good choice. That was a good call. It's like, I'm just sticking with it from here. But the the games I specifically remember is Metal Gear Solid 3. Interesting. Because of, there's the one sniper guy in the forest. Okay. And I took too long on the mission, and I logged back in the game, and he's just dead. That's amazing. And it's like, I broke the game. That's amazing. I never beat this. And then I found out later, in like my early 20s, it's that's a part of the game. Mm. If there's a time lapse long enough, he dies of old age. That's amazing. Way ahead of its time. Yeah. And then there's the Simpsons hit and run. Oh my god, yeah, absolutely. That, yeah. So much fun. Which um, is interesting because, you know, that's a blatant ripoff. You know, Hit and Run was basically what, GTA, right? I want to say yes. Which one was the Crazy Taxi one? I don't remember. There was one that was a ripoff of Crazy Taxi and there was one that was a ripoff of GTA. I don't remember which is which. I can't remember either. I want to say it was more like, no, this was more like Crazy Taxi. Okay. Yes. Because it was, it wasn't a racing game, but it kind of was. Yeah, because you just like ran around vehicle to vehicle. Yeah. Um, oh, no, 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 we're, no? we're mistaken. Um, wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm, I'm reading an article from 2003. Sega sues over Simpsons Road Rage. It's a crazy taxi ripoff. <laughs> uh, let's see. Da, da, da. The developer of Simpsons Hit and Run, another game which critics felt borrowed heavily from existing genre titles. Um, Isn't that the basis of The Simpsons, though? That's true, and basis of, of many games, because my point was, uh, yeah, Road Rage, let's see. Simpsons Skateboarding was a Tony Hawk clone, Road Rage was allegedly a crazy taxi ripoff, and Hit and Run made liberal use of Rockstar's North Grand Theft Auto for inspiration. So I was right, yeah, Hit yeah. and Run was a GTA clone. Um, but what I was going to say was... There's nothing necessarily wrong with that, because one of my absolute favorite games was, um, I was a big Crash Bandicoot kid, and so, uh, I remember playing Crash Team Racing, and that was, like, God's gift to games, and that's a blatant Mario Kart ripoff. Oh, yeah. Like, not even fucking pretending. And so, absolutely loved it. So, there's a certain, if the IP is strong enough, and the gameplay isn't, like, the great value brand version of the original, I don't think a ripoff is necessarily a bad thing. No. And sometimes, especially like Crash Team Racing, if you're a PlayStation kid, right, and you didn't have any of the Nintendo systems, it's like, oh, this is incredible. And you'd right. never know that it just completely stole Mario Kart. Uh, other question for you, because you mentioned the 360. We had a 360 growing up. Uh, I shouldn't say growing up. Later on, we had a 360. Um, did you play Dead Rising? Oh, all of them. Yeah. I remember my buddy, well, my brother's buddy, Anthony, told me, you can get the real Mega Man Blaster if you got so many kills. And I'm true. like, you're full of shit. Like, that's not a real thing, because they had the one that shot the tennis ball that right. did that would just fuck kinda, all. Yeah, that yeah. just sort of annoyed the, the zombies. Yeah. My favorite was you, if 
you got the skill you could double jump and then just run on top of them. Yeah. It was like crowd surf or something like that. Yeah. It and it's just yeah. like, I'm just da, 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 jumping on zombie heads. Dead Rising was so much fun. Well, that's one of those cases, too, of an interesting example of a game being built in such a way that you have to play it how it wants to be played. Yeah. Versus, like, most games where you just kind of, like, pick up and go. Like, if it, like whatever the genre is, is what it is. Yeah. So if it's, like, a you know, first-person shooter, maybe there's some stealth mechanics or whatever, but it's basically just, like, you're just going. Yeah, it's, it's uh, a lot of the same. Or a looter shooter where you're just, you know, trying to get the jump on people and just looting their corpses and then whatever, whatever. Yeah. Dead Rising was so interesting because, A, you had the timing mechanic of, like, everything was on a schedule. Um... But the fact that it was, one of the options of it was to start over with your current stats. Yeah. Start the game over from scratch, but you kept your current stats. And I thought that was really interesting, because that was the only game where that really did feel like a legitimate option. And I think they put that in because, A, it could help with the difficulty spikes, and also, B, because of the timing mechanic of that game, it was possible to fuck yourself and then you couldn't beat the game. Which I've done that on a multitude of occasions. Right, because if you saved in a certain spot yep. with not enough time left, didn't matter how many times you tried to get to whatever the destination was, There's no it time. was possible that you just didn't have enough time. Yep. And so therefore you wouldn't ever be able to progress. So, kudos to them for being like, yeah, but what if you just start over with all your stats? Did it a hundred times. Like, just, you know, anytime you're fighting a boss and it's too hard... Or whatever, you're like, you know what, fuck this shit, I'm starting over, I'll be back in a day. Yep. You know, you play the rest of the afternoon, get basically back to where you were, and then you're like, guess what, I'm strong as shit now. That was me with the gun store owner. Oh, the, yeah! Because he, there were the little trees you were supposed to hide behind, like the little, right. I say trees, but they're like glass glasses racks or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. And I don't know what it was, but his bullets would hit either side of the building you're in. Right. So regardless of where I'm standing, I'm getting shot in the face. Like, right. I, there's no beating this guy. Yeah. It's and, bullshit. Yeah, it's like, I, I think I, like, I ran through the game almost twice before I ended up actually beating him, which is ludicrous. Right. Like, how did I beat this game two times, and I still can't beat the gun store owner? Well, I mean, there were a couple games like that, too, where they were just throwing something extra shitty just to, like, I don't know, keep it exciting, I guess. Because yeah. Final Fantasy VII did that shit. There were, like, additional bosses you could go fight that were strong as shit. Just for the sake of it. Like, it didn't play into the story at all. It was just like, oh, just if you're, admit, if you're a hard-ass, you can go fuck them up. The 100% completionist right. person. Yeah. Um, did you ever cheat in any games? Like, did you ever use, like, any codes or Game Shark or whatever? All the time. Really? I, uh, Cheat CC was the website. Yeah, that's and, right! Holy shit, I've thought about that forever. And I used it uh, every game. I got a game, played it for about 15 minutes, I'm like... I don't, I don't fuck this up. Yeah, I don't I, fuck this up. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, okay. When can I put dumb shit in the game? Which I I feel like that's a lost art now. Because even the, not even like the, you know, the cheats really started from a spot of like, I think they really kind of started from like a developmental standpoint. Like in the early days, like NES cheats and Super NES and Genesis ones would be like, hey, the developers need to run a test on like level five. So, instead of playing through the whole game, let's just get warp them to level 5, so here's where the tunnels in Mario come in, or here's where the, like, level skips come in. It was, like, from a development point of view of, like, well, we're not, I'm not gonna fucking play the whole game to get to the final boss to run a bug test. Like, fuck yeah. this. But eventually, we got into, like, the just wacky for the sake of wacky shit. Um, and my favorite is uh, NBA Jam, because it was just... Characters, quote unquote, but it's just like it's just fucking skins, whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter. But like to be able to play as uh, President Bill Clinton or you know uh, uh, the Fresh Prince Will Smith, yeah, because uh, you could play as like on the Bulls and it was him and DJ Jazzy Jeff was like the the, the point man. Um, that kind of shit. I was like, this is amazing. That's what I was gonna say. So I think it's SmackDown Two. You get Fred Durst? Yes, that's right! And it's like, just give me the goofy shit. That, that's what I want. Which I love that the, like, almost tease of that, that Fred Durst was in the game, was it, in the Creator Wrestler, they had the entrance for, like, Roland. Yeah. 
And so, like, that was sort of your tip-off of, like, well, hey, wait a minute. Like, if they got the okay to do this, like, how far does this go? And that's the fun part. Yeah. That's like a SmackDown shut your mouth, I want to say. Has, like, a hundred different entrances that make no sense. Like, right. Like, one of them, you, you do the Booker T, like, kick and your hand's up, but the pyro blows you away and you, like, fly into the ring. I liked the really goofy shit. Now, yeah. the closest thing you get is... Ha 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 ha, I made this masculine wrestler come out to a lady entrance. Yeah. Like, that's about as close as you get now. But yeah, there was a lot of, like, really goofy fucking slapsticky ones. Like, there was one with the, like, the Spider-Man, wit, like, web shooters. Yes. But it was the Sam Raimi jump cuts. Amazing. And it's like, this, I missed this. Yeah. And I think that's why Fortnite got so big. Okay. Be- I could see, that's an interesting theory. Because it took all of the goofy, dumb fun... And was just like, here's all of it, now give us all of your money. The interesting thing about Fortnite is, we talked about before, about ripoffs and stuff like that. Like, you know, that game was originally supposed to be kind of more of like a Minecraft ripoff. And then PUBG got really big. Yeah. And the development team was like, well, fuck survival game. Why don't we do this Battle Royale system? We'll just keep all the assets, but just work it this way instead. Yeah. And then the ripoff overtakes the original and then some. Like, it's one of the biggest games ever. Yeah, it's ludicrous. And the other thing I think is interesting is, as a guy who's obsessed with, like, gimmicks and marketing, I'm always very interested when an indie game kind of takes off and immediately has merch. Yeah. Because Fortnite was, like, just really starting to pop off and there was already, like, shit in stores. There was already toys... They signed up with Nerf, so there were, like, Fortnite-branded Nerf guns. Like, they... I think Minecraft really kind of set the stage. And that took a while, but, like, really kind of like, oh, let's have Creeper pillows, and let's have Minecraft t-shirts, and da 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 So I'm always really interested. Like, Five Nights at Freddy's, same thing. Like... Once you can take, like, indie games and market them in big box stores, it's like, you okay, can now we're... Now we're getting this into the populace. And right. When somebody starts, it's like, now the floodgates. Now, the, if you get big enough, you can make it to this. It's more of a... We're, we're looking for the next big thing. Exactly. Uh, one thing I find interesting about the Five Nights at Freddy's thing is, um, you know, yes, it's obviously very marketable from the jump. It's, it's basically, you know, scary Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. But the fact that it, oh, it reminds me... So this is a bef- little before your time. There was a run of toy lines that came out for children based on movies children were not allowed to see. So you had action figures for Terminator 2. And you're like, well, that's an action movie. It's not too bad. Yeah, because I had some of those. Right. You had Rambo. You had Aliens. You had Beetlejuice. Which you go, well, Beetlejuice is the... He says, nice fucking model and squeezes on his own dick. Like, that's not a kid's yeah, movie. Yeah, please go rewatch Beetlejuice. If you haven't watched Beetlejuice, go watch it. Re- yeah. If you haven't watched it recently, go back and rewatch it. It's great. Um, we dissected it from seeing it on the big screen recently. Uh, but there was just this huge run of, like, RoboCop had figures, and it's like, no kid should be watching RoboCop. Like, no. Well, and I want to say those were McFarlane toys. No, no, no. This is... I'm talking, like, Playmates. This oh, is like really? Okay. mid-80s, early 90s. So there's not even, like, a cartoon series for this yet. Because, like, Toxic Avenger is a great example. Yeah. Toxic Avenger is not a movie for kids. But eventually, it became a cartoon. The Toxic Crusaders, those had toys. But, like... And there was an eventual Rambo cartoon and all this other nonsense. Other shit where Beetlejuice had a cartoon. Yeah. Other stuff where you're like, why, 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 why are we marketing this to children? But even before then, you had all these lines of toys for kids. Like, they were the size, scale, and movability of, like, He-Man toys. But they were for movies that were like, there's a child would never watch this. Or they shouldn't. Um, But yeah, then McFarlane really stepped up and, like, I I had all the Movie Maniacs toys and all that nonsense. Yeah. which they're now doing the DC ones, which I'm like, ooh, some of those are actually pretty, do- pretty right? good. Like, because both those and Marvel Legends both function the same way, which is like, you grab one 
good figure of like a popular character, and then you sit and wait until your obscure ass favorite one comes to town. Yep. I'm still waiting for the Tim Drake Robin. Excellent. Specifically the Tim because he gets no love. That's true. He's my favorite of all the Robins. Now, why is that? So he it's just like of all the Robin origin stories, you know, like Dick Grayson parents get killed. Right. Jason Todd tries to steal the the hubcaps off the Batmobile. Tim Drake just went, I found it. I'm gonna I, figure out who Batman is. Yeah, it's like, I got this. I found Batman. It's like, that's that's the most kid thing I can think of. Where he's just like, I wonder who that Batman guy is. And then just hyper-focuses on, well, who could... Who, like, who has who, the resources? Yeah. Who could reasonably do this? Realistically, who could be Batman? And just like breaks it down to such a level. It's like, it's him. It's that one guy over there. Well, it's it's what's interesting about Tim Drake is... It's the concept, if you think about it, it's the concept of... Who is the next generation Batman? Yeah. And for both Dick Grayson and for Jason Todd, it was, well, this is the next generation Batman because they have a similar tragic story. Yeah. You know, Bruce Wayne's parents die in front of him. Dick Grayson's parents die in front of him. Jason Todd's from a, like, he has no real family to build him up. He's coming from a broken home kind of thing. Or yeah. da 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 Tim's fine. He's got yeah. mom and dad. He's just a... He, he is the... Well, he's the next generation of Batman because Batman's the smartest man on the planet. Yeah. So... And so... It, here's the next gen. Here's the great detective. Right here. And my argument for Tim Drake being the best Robin, which is not accurate, but it's my... It's always my argument. All of the other Robins, with the exception of Damian Wayne so far, go on to be somebody else. Right. Dick Grayson becomes Nightwing. Right. Jason Todd becomes the Red Hood. Tim Drake becomes the Red Robin. I want to nerd out for a second and, and talk about how, why that irritates me, but please continue. Because to me, it's and I know this isn't it, but it's like, he just wants to be Robin. True. And then they're like, it, it's Damian Wayne's turn. And he's like, I'm still Robin. <laughs> if anybody asks, I'm still Robin. Yeah, like, <laughs> okay, yeah, 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 he gets the green tights, but like, I'm Robin. Well, what annoys me about that is the origin of Red Robin, yum, is that, so have you ever read Kingdom Come, Battles Ross? It's been a long time and I've scrambled egg brain, but yes. So, Kingdom Come by Alex Ross is this Elseworld, it started as an Elseworld, it was just like a what if kind of story, and he just time jumped Way in the future, and it's like, Batman's broken down. He's, you know, he's a fascist now. Yeah. Like, uh, his body basically broke down because, uh, I think, what well, they, they explain it like they wave it away. But it's like Bane and Two-Face find the Batcave at some point and just fuck it all up. And they shatter him. They shatter all of his bones. So now he's got like an exoskeleton that he moves around in. And he's like... The Bruce Wayne and Batman personas have now merged. And now he's just like... He's got Batman drones that just keep Gotham City as basically like a police state. And then Superman's gotten older now. He's kind of like losing a little bit of a step. And Wonder Woman are going to have a family. Blah, 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 blah. But in that, Alex Ross got to just pop off and just make up shit. Because it was like, oh, now there's a hero... The new hero in town is called the Joker's Daughter... And didn't have to worry about any of the hang-ups and bullshit of explaining how he got here. It was just like, because oh, it's the Joker's daughter. Because he's just making the shit up as he goes along. But you get to go, oh, oh okay, interesting. Uh, Dead Man, who's like this like acrobat, kind of trapeze artist-looking guy. Yeah. Who is like a ghost and can possess people. In the future, he's just a skeleton in shitty spandex. Like, just a walking skeleton. There's no more muscle or flesh. He looks like a nightmare. Like, that kind of shit. And he invented Red Robin. And so Red Robin was just there. And some of the group shots and some of the things when they were talking about, like, what's going on in Gotham City. It was like, oh, Red Robin, da-da-da. Didn't even say who it was. Didn't say it was Dick. Didn't say whatever. It was just like, it's just one of the protégés is now their own grown-ass man. And then I think it was suggested that it was Dick Grayson at some point. And then eventually, probably six, seven years ago... They were doing another reboot of, of DC, and they were like, yep. ah, 
Tim's graduating and now he's the first Red Robin, which now it's like, so at some point does Tim die and then Dick takes up the mantle? Why would he do that? Like it's, yeah. it's, it ends up making it confusing in the long run, but I was irritated at that because it was just one of those things where I felt like if you were going to go like the Nightwing route and go like, ah, oh, Tim's going to graduate and become his own hero. Just kind of tacking this like idea from another story onto him just felt like I don't know. It's like he he gets no love, right? And they're just like, actually, that's a great point that brings up my my other point that Tim Drake is like the least cared about Robin because he doesn't. Like, Dick is the first. Yeah, Jason died, and then there was Tim. Tim's a replacement, and then Damien's more interesting, quote yeah. unquote, because he is the other side yes he's you know he's uh part of Ra's al Ghul's lineage yeah. and he's trained assassin and Talia al Ghul's his mom blah 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 but really at its core he's not written like that he's no. not written like oh he's an assassin like uh what was her uh Cassandra Kane uh Batgirl she's an assassin she's like a ninja basically yeah he's written as the other element of Batman what is the next generation of Batman you've got two of them who are they're their orphans yeah You've got one who's the great detective. The fourth one is, what if the next generation of Batman is a piece of shit because he's a spoiled trust fund kid? Yeah. That's who Damian Wayne is. That It's just like, he's just, I, I, I hate him. Yeah. I can't stand Damian Wayne. Yeah. And nobody can. No. That's why, I've, I, anytime you ever watch Injustice 2 stuff, yeah, everyone's always just talking about how every character in that game has some kind of slam Against Damien. Because sometimes the pre-fight speeches are like, oh, you're a formidable foe. But everyone's like, it doesn't matter who it is. You could be playing as the goddamn Flash, and he's like, Damien Wayne, you got a small dick. Like, everyone's just super shitty to Damien, and I feel completely justified. I grinded so hard in that game. Because it Injustice 2 has everything. Yeah. I've got the Michael Keaton chest plate for yes. Batman. I tried so hard to get the staff. Oh yeah. Cuz you can unlock that through the gearboxes. Right. Bullshit like money grabbing <clears throat> piece of shit. I spent so much time trying to not play Damian Wayne in this game. Right. And I never did. I never got it. Hmm. I just I got to wait for them to make another one and then I'll spend 4 years playing yeah. it and still have to deal with Damian. The amount Wayne. of money that I put into Injustice 2 probably could have paid for college. Like that's just like every DLC, yep. all the bullshit. Um because one of my favorite Elseworlds, and I'm going to ask you a side question about Elseworlds and what ifs in just a second, but one of my favorite Elseworlds was uh, Superman Red Sun. Yes. Um, which has now been commercialized to death, but when it first came out, it was very interesting. Basically, for anyone who doesn't know, um, it's uh, just another story, another telling of the Superman story, but the, the gimmick is, what if when... Uh, baby Superman is first landing on Earth, what if he gets, like, stuck in an air pocket for, like, 15 minutes? And so the Earth rotates slightly more than normal, like, the, than regular Earth, because he's stuck in the air for 15 minutes. And so instead of Kansas, he lands in Russia. And so what happens now? And it's like, well, the government finds him, and now he's, like, the super soldier for Stalin. And, you know, and then it all kind of spirals out of there. It's like, all right, well, what happens to Lex Luthor? Well, because he doesn't have Superman fucking him up, now he's the greatest humanitarian that's ever been. And now he's president of the United States and Lois Lane's his first lady. Yeah. And it's like, all right, well, what else? Well, instead of de developing atomic bombs, we develop a bizarro Superman to try to take out their superpower. And it becomes a superhero arms race and blah, blah, blah. And the Cold War still happens. And then Batman does not become Bruce Wayne Batman. Instead, it's like V for Vendetta. There's a kid in Russia, in Moscow, whose parents get murdered because of Stalin and his and his thugs, so then he becomes Batman cough and blah, blah, blah. fucking loved it. So when they released all that shit, you could unlock yep. the hammer and sickle insignia for Superman, so you could basically make Red Sun Superman. I was like, I'm in, I'm in for all this shit. Well, they had that. They also had this weird. I got this same emblem a thousand times, and it looked like the Seinfeld S. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And I traded that thing every time I got it. I'm like, this is the grossest thing I've Get ever this seen. Shit out of here. Because you can't just. It's so hard to get just the regular Superman symbol. Right. Because like they got the 90s kind of classic blocky yeah. one. And it's like, I spent so long, because I played Superman in that game. That's who I play. 
you can direct your hate mail somewhere else. I play Superman. I bet you also play fucking Mario and Smash and Scorpion and fucking Mortal Kombat. You fucking mid-boring <laughs> vanilla piece of shit. First of all, one, you've seen me play Smash. I no, don't play true. Mario. And two, I like Superman. I really do. Because no one does. And I think the, the struggle for Superman is he's the strongest human being on the planet. Not human being, but like he's the strongest being. And imagine walking around with that every day. And you're going through life. And you could just punch a hole through anything. But you've got to be a calm, regular dude. Well, A, I think you're 100% correct. I think Superman gets a bad rap because every story that's that's told about Superman is like, at least in like movies and things like that, is it's trying to steer him into being, you know, fallible and like, quote unquote, interesting. And but trying to make him more like Batman. Yeah. But you're 100% correct. When the the most interesting story to tell with Superman is, what do you do if you look like everyone else but your god? Basically, because that's what it is. Yeah. It's not even like alien. It's just it's not Men in Black. You're God. Like you're stronger than anybody else. You've got unbelievable shit you can do. You could conquer the entire planet if you wanted to. But you're just this like small town guy. Yeah, you've got a desk job. Yeah, who's a little too polite and a little too optimistic. But you're God. How do you live your life as God among people? Yeah, and just and you can't let anyone know. Right. That's a very interesting story to tell, and nobody wants to tell. No, because it's 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 there. Like, right. It, it's not Batman. And there's not as much like beat-em-ups when you're just talking about, like, you're God, though. Yeah. Now what happens? Well, and that's why Injustice was so interesting, because it's like, oh, now he's angry. Right. Which I think Injustice did a really great job of telling that story of, like, what happens if Superman gets pushed too far, and now who can stop him? Like, yeah. that's a great story, but now that's, like, only the only Superman story now. Like, because the boys, Homelander is, you know, yeah. that same kind of concept. Uh, Batman versus Superman, Zack Snyder, like... That's the only story anyone wants to tell now. Is like, he's Superman, but he's fucking evil, though. Yeah, I get it. I get it. But he's not, because he's Superman. Cares? Yeah, it's still Superman. It's the Florida indie wrestling problem of one guy saw him with the belt, so now everybody put the belt on him. Well, yeah, but that's how it always works. Yeah. Is when nobody stands out and nobody generates a lot of buzz naturally, you just sort of look on everybody else's paper and yeah. see what they're doing. So as, long, as soon as one company or two companies go, yeah, this guy gets a reaction. We'll put a belt on him. And a bunch of other companies go, it's better than what we got. We got nothing. Yeah. And apparently this guy's getting a reaction, so slap a belt on him too. But that Injustice Superman got the reaction. and now no, everyone, like, that's Oh, that's the way you tell a Superman story. No, don't no. tell a fucking Superman story. I always thought the... Um, God damn it, what the hell were they called? There's that... There's an Else World where it's like, it's not Bizarro World, but there's a. Fuck, what is the name of it? It's not Justice Society. There's an Else World where it's basically like, what if the Justice League was evil? And it's like, you know, each version of the. Of, you know, you have Superman yeah. and Batman and Wonder Woman, but they're evil, and da, 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 da. And it's usually, it was just a ploy to like, you know, like a dimensional rift opened and they showed up, and now the Justice League's gotta fight them. Um, but the question I was gonna ask was. There used to be a time when, like, what-if stories and Elseworlds and all that nonsense um, were just sort of like an exercise for writers. Where yeah. they could just be like, ah, oh, just write. You don't have to worry about the baggage of anything. You just do whatever the fuck you want. And now, as soon as that takes off, there's an immediate push to try to incorporate it. In the canon, In yeah. the canon of regular comics. And how do you feel about that? I don't like it. Mm. I like the, the what-ifs. The, you know... This is the main continuity. This is what's going on. But over here, Wolverine's a zombie now. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shenanigans ensue. Yeah. I think you, you keep that in its own little bubble. I think you can make references to it. I yeah. remember there was a... Um, Once enough time's gone past. Yeah, there was a run of... Um, there was a comic I used to read called uh, Superman and Batman. And it was written... There was a, a good run, I think, written by Jeff Loeb, I think. And the art was by Ed McGinnis. Um, and there was an episode... Or an episode. There was a couple of issues where, like, they were going through 
different dimensions. Yeah. They were getting thrown around. And uh, what that that was the series that we got introduced to uh, uh, Bizarro's best friend, Bat-Zaro, who was uh-huh. a Bizarro Batman who uh, only used guns and specialized in murdering parents. Like, that was his <laughs> big thing. And he would talk backwards and all this other bullshit. And it was great. I love that character. Um, and so... <laughs> they're like zipping around or whatever and at one point he drops in some place and he's like ah here is here am my worst enemy uh bizarro but it was red sun superman and he didn't like understand what was going on and they have a big fight or whatever yeah that's fine with me i'm like eh, we want to acknowledge this is a different universe like, that's fine yeah. i don't care that's okay um but like they brought they tried to tie in dr manhattan from watchmen into main dc canon um, which you can't I don't know if that works because now he's the most like he's the most powerful being in the universe which is how they presented him but then it was like he became like this big bad that they were like oh everyone's gonna try to stop Dr. Manhattan and I'm like we're he's from a comic book about like this guy can't get a heart on unless he's dressed as Batman like there's, there's deeper shit going on in this comic book than like Ooh, maybe he's God like yeah. we gotta fight him um no, one series I really liked, which was, came into this conversation as canon, but really should have just been an Elseworld. Uh, it was, uh, did you ever read the Flashpoint series at all? Yes. I loved Flashpoint. Because it had a very similar vibe to uh, Kingdom Come, of like, it would just present you with things that were already in motion, and you had to go, wait a minute, what? And it didn't <laughs> bog itself down with how we got here. Yeah. Like, um... Uh, Atlantis and the Amazons were like in an unbelievable civil war for like a decade and yeah. like all of England just got sunk just got ate by the ocean as like a, a showing of power from the Atlanteans like just that kind of shit and you're like what and it's just like we're not explaining how we got to a war it's just it's a war and you're yeah. like holy shit or Thomas Wayne as Batman yeah. with a gun yeah like, you're just like okay yeah and Martha was Joker what a great <laughs> fucking way to tell that story and and they had like a couple little offshoot comics to like kind of muck around in the muck of like oh we did this idea what about this um, and that was one of them that yeah. Thomas Wayne was uh, you know as Batman and, and Martha was Joker um, super super interesting series I really really dug it um, I thought it was just really brilliant and then it felt like it got rushed like it felt like it could have been it's own graphic novel or own thing or whatever and it was like I think six issues for the main run and then it was like oh this is just to help relaunch the the, the whole DC thing Like yeah, it was just a, a tool to get us to oh we just want to relaunch and do all zeros again and it'll be like oh Superman number one and oh Batman number one and I'm like ah come on yeah and, the, and how long did that last? I think a couple years, and yeah. they were like, Argh. All right, go back. Yeah. Those things, those relaunches, last as long as until someone realizes that there's a potential milestone that they could capitalize on. Yeah. Like, it's, it's oh, no, we're back at issue number zero until they realize, oh, wait a minute, technically issue 47 of this would technically be Superman 1000 because he's been around since the 20s. Yeah. Like and then so suddenly they're like, oh well, actually we're back to normal number that kind of horseshit. Um, but yeah, the Elseworlds thing, I liked them as just Elseworlds. Um, I even uh, the Killing Joke was considered an Elseworld. I didn't know that when it was first published. Um, uh, over time, they were like, well, that's basically his origin story now. Um, but I I remember those coming out a lot more frequently. Same thing with the What Ifs uh, for Marvel. And I always really dug them because, again, I like the idea of you can create your stakes, but you don't have to deal with the baggage of, like, how will we get here? Yeah. You can just be like, I just want to tell a story about this and this, and that's it. And I was like, that's always really interesting. Well, and we've established these characters for a hundred years. years. Yeah. It's like, okay, I know the whole plot point. I know exactly how this character would respond to this situation, this situation, and this situation. What if we picked them out of here? And dropped them. What if we took Batman, and now he's a pirate? Run with it. What is the... If you had to try to sell someone who doesn't read comics onto... 
What is the most obscure character that you that you love in comics? I really don't have like a deep deep answer. Like I I've always loved the Riddler. Love it. But it spawns from I watched the 66 show. Right. So Frank Gorshin Riddler is just my favorite. Who is also astoundingly close to Stardust. That's very true. It, yeah. Yeah. If somebody pointed that out to me, I'm like, okay, bodysuit, goofy mannerisms, they're the same. Just throw question marks in green on yeah, Cody true. Rhodes and he's the Riddler. Uh, if, if I had to think of like one super obscure comic book character, and not even obscure, but I'd have to go with like Spawn. Okay. Because it's just like... He's such a time capsule of the oh 90s. My God, is he ever? Jesus Christ. Even now. Yeah. Like, like, they sell Spawn action figures now, and it's still like giant machine guns and chains and just it's edge. It's never evolved. No. It's still just edgy 90s shit. And it never will. But. Did you ever watch the live action Spawn movie? A hundred times. Okay, good. Just want to make sure. Because they talk about rebooting it every year, and it never will. Hey, let me, be, let me <laughs> put this out there. Todd McFarlane can suck my asshole. Like, what an idiot. Like, he was on the top. He's the Zack Snyder before there was Zack Snyder. Like, just an artist who was brilliant for a moment and then just up his own ass for the the all eternity. For the rest of his life. Keeps fucking wanting to reboot Spawn as a movie, but won't let, like, he, it's, it's his, it's his sandbox. Yeah. Like, won't let other people contribute. Or do anything. It, yeah, wants it, like, crowdfunded so he doesn't have to talk to a production company. Which I get. A, they butchered your movie the first time. I get that. B, you have a certain creative vision. I get that. However, did we not learn from Frank Miller? Yeah. Like, hey, the Sin City movie is pretty interesting. Why? Because Robert Rodriguez is a pretty good fucking movie maker. Well. Hey, the spirit sucked donkey balls. Why? Because Frank Miller's not a fucking movie maker. (laughs) And that was him 100% in the driver's seat for the spirit, and it sucked balls. So, I feel the same thing for Todd McFarlane. Well, and... Not everybody has to do everything. Right. It's hard to write a comic book, have an action figure, like, company. Oh, and now I'm making a movie. I gotta write a screenplay, I gotta direct, and da-da-da-da. I have to cast. It's like, there's a lot of... Tarantino said that being a great director means... You're putting together a team that you trust them. That they know more than you do about whatever they're doing. I could see that. And I think there's merit to that. Yeah. Because just going, no, it's just me. Then you make the fucking, you make the room like Tommy Wiseau. Or yeah, your exactly. Neil Breen movie where it's like, hey, this is fucking terrible. Because you decided you had to produce, direct, act, write, do the music for, and now it's a laughing stock. Well, I mean, like, just trying to put a project together, you get stuck. And there's, if it's just you, there's no one you could turn to to go, go. hey, I need help. Let's workshop this. Yeah, there's nobody. For me, by the way, my answer to obscure character that I love, um, there's there's a character in DC Comics called the Phantom Stranger. And he was written in, like, the 40s. But they've kept him around as, like, something they own the rights to. Yeah. But the best way I can describe him is he is the DC equivalent of Jesus Christ, but he's dressed in, like, a 1920s zoot suit with, like, a gold hip-hop medallion. And I just found out uh, there's an animated series of Batman that I didn't watch nearly enough of, and it's called Batman the Brave and the Bold. I've been told I need to watch this way more it's now. It's very goofy. It's a lot goofier than, like, Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. And because it went on for so long, they got really in the nitty-gritty with, like, all kinds of obscure characters and stuff like that. And I know for a fact that there's an episode with the Phantom Stranger and the Spectre, the Spectre being uh, God's Vengeance yeah. personified. And if I'm not mistaken, the Phantom Stranger is voiced by Kevin Conroy, who did... Original Batman animated series Batman. And the fan, and the Spectre, I think, is voiced by Adam West. So it's literally like two generations of Batman are interacting with current Batman. Well, that's like in the animated series when they did the Grey Ghost episode. Yes, and Adam and West Adam is West the Grey Ghost. The, 
because I I love the Grey Ghost. It's just such here's a cool the thing concept. that episode is so good. Like it's one of those cases. So I've there's always that argument of like are video games considered art because it's like this is a game. But, like, if you're telling a really compelling story, I think it can be considered art. Yeah. And the same exact thing goes for that. Batman the series is incredible, but there are certain episodes that I'm like, this is art, is what this is. This isn't, like, bullshit comic books. This is art. And I think The Grey Ghost is one of those episodes. For me, it's that one and the episode of all the villains at, like, the poker table. Almost got him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Absolute fantastic episode. Two favorites. Fucking Killer Croc going, I almost got him. I do a big rock at him. And they all give him that look like, what the fuck? And he's a big rock. Like, that's, <laughs> that's the apex of creativity. And then I love Joker's plan where he's like, ah, it's still actively going on. Like, I'm fucking going to kill him and blah, blah, blah. And everyone's just like. We're just trying to play a game here, guy. Like, what's going on? Yeah, what are we like, even doing? Well, one, you're full of shit. And two, yeah. <laughs> you just play. Just, it's your turn. Yeah. Are you, are you, are you in or out? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, love Batman Animated Series. I need to go back and rewatch that. And I do want to watch more of uh, Brave and the Bold. I know Biff Tannen is the voice of a villain. There's like a, uh, a there's like a sports-themed villain that Batman fucks with, and it's Biff Tannen. Um, I know that uh, Neil Patrick Harris... Is a villain. Uh, it's like a musical villain, and he does that character's voice. There's like they got everybody. They, yeah. they made like every phone call imaginable. Well, and there's so many obscure Batman villains. Yeah, there's a bajillion. Yeah. So like, eventually they were like, we're not going to do another episode of the goddamn Joker, and yeah. so there's only so many times we can put Calendar Man right. in the lineup before it's like, okay, you're done. Yeah. Um. But uh, but yeah, the fact that Kevin Conroe is the voice of Phantom Stranger, I was like, oh hell yeah. Um. And yeah, and by the way, Phantom Stranger is never cool. Like, they don't write him cool. He doesn't do cool shit. He's usually a parade rainer. He's usually like, well, God doesn't like what you're doing here, and so I've had to come and intervene. Like, that kind of thing. But he looks like a detective from the 40s with a cool gold hip-hop medallion. It's like, down here. I googled him as we were Yeah, exactly. It's like, I have to see this thing before I forget. If Pierce Brosnan hadn't played Dr. Fate in the Black Adam movie, he would have been a great... Uh, Phantom Stranger. Oh, 100%. Which, that's one of those characters I'm like, I don't give a shit how much James Gunn is in the driver's seat of DC now. There ain't ever gonna be a Phantom Stranger appearance. No. Like, they're not gonna just be like, hey, someone's grandpa's fucking showing up. Patrick Stewart should play a Phantom Stranger in a, in a live action movie. Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman wouldn't be bad. But he's already Commissioner Gordon. It's Gary is Oldman. He? No, he's not. No. That doesn't count anymore. Well, the Nolan ones don't count. Yeah. Well, Gary Oldman's got such a... He could just disappear into anything. That's true. I could believe that he could do, like, the... There was a thing in, the, like, the 90s and early 2000s where there'd be one actor that played seven different characters in Of course, movie. yeah, yeah, yeah. Gary Oldman could do that, and it would still be a serious you movie. You know what? You're right. Gary Oldman is the 90s Eddie Murphy of this generation <laughs> of films. You're right. Yeah. He is the nutty professor. Because he's Dracula. That's true. And he's Commissioner Gordon. That's true. And it's just like, he's in so many movies where you look at him and it's like, who do is, who's like, is well, that? there's that one that he played a little person. What? Yeah. It's called like Tiny Toes or something like that. And it's like a drama. It's like a family drama. And he plays a little person. And like, it's just scenes where he's got like goofy glasses on and he's just walking around on his knees. And they just like film him straight forward. Wait a minute. I'm not... Fucking around. That's a real thing. <laughs> I'm gonna have to find this movie. It's bad. It, well, I, it's I, gonna I, be so many. It's not a classic. I don't know if anyone. Also, he didn't even mention the Fifth Element. He's the, uh, the Fifth he's Element. Bad guy in the fifth Isn't element. he also Sirius Black? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's everything. Immensely fuckable. You're right. Anyway, well, um, you said it. So. Uh, <laughs> Let's start. Let's rip something off from another podcast that I co-host. Um, <laughs> what is something that uh, you're going to put over for the crowd? What's something they should be looking into? What's something you're recommending right now? Could be anything: movie, game, TV show, book, workout regimen. Ah, uh, well, uh, energy drink. What are you putting over right now? Besides modded Rock Band Three, that's true. Which Black is Market my, Rock Band Three, my new favorite thing on the planet. Uh, Specifically, the Ballad of Chasey Lane. If you've never yes, heard it, please. Yeah, especially if you're Captain Aranova, please go out and find the scene in the song. Your <laughs> Sorry, I didn't realize it was on the mic. You're gonna make people wreck their car. You're like, oh, so I just hit ten things. What the fuck? Like, why am I hitting the speed bump? No, that's just Starling 
Having anxiety. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's having a nervous tick. It's yeah, fine. He's just breaking down over Rock yeah. Band. Rock Band 3 is pretty amazing. Yeah, that's that's the one thing that's coming to mind. It's like, yeah. I really like Rock Band. It's, it's aged beautifully. Yeah. It's still fun. It's still like a great group activity. Because it's just, it's there. And you can be as involved as you want to be. There's always an element of uh, uncertainty in terms of the singing part. Because some people are like, ah, now is my time to shine. It's karaoke hour. But who fucking cares? You're ripping a guitar solo next to it. Who yeah. cares? Like, it's it's just... Well, and there's just something where it's so easily digestible. It's two to three minutes. Usually. Yeah. Unless it's the wreck of the fucking Edmund Fitzgerald. You're not putting that over. Anyway... <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for uh, for listening to another episode of the IndieCast. Um, oh, 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 I, I have something I got to put over here. Yeah, I got to put over um, this fucking article about the Brave and the Bold that I need to fucking watch now. Uh, no, I'm going to put over um, uh, our good friend. Our good friend? Yes. Um, McCarthy Redhead over on TikTok. Former writer of WWE. Um, he's been uh, part of College Humor and a bunch of amazing internet stuff and tons of TV. Um, but he put us over, he put Brainbuster Video over on his TikTok account. Um, he had uh, picked up a couple of titles from us. And when I tell you that when he actually played it and it showed up on his TV and it skipped for a second, my butthole got so tight because I was like, <laughs> oh, what if the tapes don't work? Um, but nevertheless, he put us over. So go follow him on TikTok. He's amazing. And, uh, yeah, uh, on, on behalf of uh, everyone behind the scenes here, on behalf of my co-host, uh, Dan Starling, I am Zach Romero, and until next time, we always say deuces. Hercules Mulligan. A jump scare is the Canadian destroyer of horror films. Pardon me. Might I suck my own dick for a second? I'm ready to greet the day, you <laughs> fucker. Every single one of you guys has made a horrible decision. <laughs> it's that dirty-ass Meryl Street. We it's are. True. We're touching wieners. Not touching wieners true. professionally. Ric Flair said fuck a six-pack, and he never lost an ounce of pussy. What I am is a big, queer, stone-cold Steve Austin. Love dick. Birds don't give a fuck about your life.